Most seed people, as you know, will never admit that they've ever had a failure. They'll never tell you why the failure, and they'll certainly never say it was any part of their fault. And probably it wasn't. But we're going to dig into when seed fails, why it fails, and what you can do about it when this happens. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curb. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights and information you can apply immediately to your farming operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explorer, with innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield potential, and reduce stress. Ag Explorer helps growers maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explorer can help you get more out of your crop at agexplorer.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, we got a fantastic topic for you today on Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We're talking about when the seed fails. Uh, you're going to be surprised. I have two seed guys on here, and they are with uh, Integra. That's Mark Minke and BJ Shabin, and they're joined by Extreme Ag founder Kelly Garrett. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there, guys. Uh, I've been guilty of saying, all right, there's really not that much difference in seed. Um, and I can tell you one thing, having worked at all these field days, all these years as a speaker, entertainer guy, I never once, never one time in any of the 12 states where I've done field days, did they put you on the hay wagon, drag you out of the field and then say, oh God, this variety of ours absolutely sucks. The test weight's about 46 pounds. Um, it got 87 bushels per acre with prime growing conditions. You know what? This is an absolute turd. We're really glad to call it ours. No, they bush hog down that stuff. And they have their three plots that they go out there and like put, you know, hand fertilize. And they say, oh, this stuff's amazing. The point is seed field days are very much the same thing over and over and over again. They tell you all about their winners and they like to show you shiny stuff and they dig down and show you a root ball. And that's all fine. I get it. You're, you're in the ag business, but let's face it. It doesn't always work that way. Farming's not a field day. No. So why does seed fail? And when it does fail, why do you, why do you then have to uh, make the adjustment? What adjustments do you make before I get to the two seed guys? I'm going to go straight to the farm. Kelly, I said, we're going to call this episode when seed fails. And you said, no, I want to call it why seed fails. So let's go with why. Why does seed fail? Well, the number one reason out of our control is weather. And the number two reason is because of the grower. But BJ and Mark are never going to tell you that because they're afraid to lose a customer. And I don't blame them, but it's the grower. Uh, not enough attention to the planter, improper fertility, uh, poor planter maintenance, poor poor sprayer maintenance, poor, poor application timing, things like that. But nobody ever wants to blame the grower because they're afraid to lose a customer. But we're the number two reason after weather. BJ, um, is that true? That, that And on both fronts, first off, you are you reluctant to ever say this is operator error because they're going to go down the street and pick up another seed hybrid next time? Well, you know, Damon, you're selling a living, breathing object here that, that the farmer puts into the ground. There's a lot of things that need to check the box to be successful. Uh, but yeah, sometimes you are reluctant to say that. But in most cases, a lot of farmers will admit when they did do it wrong. Hey, I might have gotten into the, the field a little bit earlier than anticipated. Or you know what? Uh, I didn't check to see what plant population I was actually laying it in at, and, and I might have goofed up here. A lot of times you'll have that, but, you know, the biggest thing is it's a living, breathing object, and things have to go right 
to make sure that you do have a bountiful crop. And, you know, I've been on those tours too, Damien, uh, where, hey, look at this. You got an ear that's the size of a, uh, that's the size of a ruler, you know. Uh, look at this. This thing's going to yield 450, 500 bushels. We'd like it to, but it all is at the beginning when you plant the seed, things have to be right. All right, Mark, I left you for last. Uh, Kelly says it's a lot of times operator error, but the seed companies are afraid to say that because they might lose a customer. BJ agreed with that. Then BJ talked about all the unique challenges. It's a living product. It's a living thing. It's a seed that goes in the ground and immediately you hope it starts germinating. And the next thing you know, voila, there's a lot of moving parts. You're going to tell me why seed fails. And, and I want to know which one of these guys is right. Is it that uh, it's operator error or is it there's just a lot of moving parts? Which one is it? Well, I'll just give you the political answer and say it's a little bit of both. So we, we get about five good days to plant in the spring, but it takes every farmer about 10 to 15 to actually get everything done. So a lot of times conditions are, are less than perfect. So most of the time I've been on calls when seed has been accused of failing, uh, it takes a little time to sort out, you know, what was the environment? What were the planting conditions? Um, and then when you get down to the specifics uh, to really find out if it was actually the, the seeds fault, uh, the times that you're really caught dead to rights is when you have a side by side and one seed outperforms the other. But uh, lots of lots of factors involved before you get to that point. Well, we do trials here and Kelly is doing stuff and there's every farmer, you know, I read once that the average farmer produce uses two and a half different types of seed companies uh, because you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket or you want to try and make sure you've got someone to leverage against the other. I'm not sure what that is. Kelly, how many different types of seed, how many different brands of seed do you plant? Four. Okay. Uh, and it's not like you're necessarily, we've done trials. We've done trials. Uh and I, I don't know that you've ever definitively said, here's the one that always is the, the clearly if there's one brand, you would be with one brand. There's not, you've got four. Right. There, there's not one brand to me. It's about the relationship you have with the people. It's about the service you get from the people. And my belief is we're so far away from the top end potential of the corn that I don't, you know, to say that all seed is the same. I, I've said that before myself, but I almost have a new opinion now. I don't know that we're good enough at planting the corn. We're so far away from the potential of corn. I don't know that we can accurately say that because we don't know. Like in other words, maybe it's not the maybe it's not the limiting factor at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've said it. I've said it. All seeds, all seeds the same. It's just different label on the bag. And you're like, hell, who knows? Maybe if right. we were, maybe if we were, uh, uh, you know, more really tapping into the limit of where it could go, we'd start to see a difference, but maybe we're not even there. Right. I think you, I don't think that we really have the authority to judge what corn is better than others right now, because you're so far away from the potential of it. Uh, when seed fails, why it fails, we're, we're still working on that. I want you get the last rap on why it fails, BJ. All right. You're not going to make me mad. Clearly, you're not going to make Kelly mad. Be honest with us. Is why does it fail? If it's our fault, tell us why. <laughs> if it if it is your fault, might have been. You know, I've I've got a practical experience with this. So, uh, two different hybrids, two different companies. One was one was our product. One was a, a competing product. Farmer laid it in the same day. Laid it in at a very very high population. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, 
when you look back at it, our germ scores on that particular hybrid weren't equivalent, especially cold germination, cold saturated soils weren't equivalent to what that competitor was. All 38,000 grew for the competitor and about uh, 28,000 grew for ours, okay? And it happens on every hybrid, it can lose its uh, cold sat germ score, okay, where it goes down. That means it's not gonna germinate as quickly as the others. However, we went through a drought scenario through that year. The competing corn was at 38,000 and it produced popcorn. The hybrid that we had, uh, you know, by luck, there's a lot of luck that's involved in this, actually had a, a flexi type of ear, grew out and, and really did quite well. It's not always gonna happen that way though. Uh, but there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, what we do is some really rigorous testing. In fact, all brands will tell you they do rigorous testing on germination of their of their uh, uh, hybrids, their seed that they're going to be putting out. They want to make sure that in cold, saturated soils, uh, some companies do this, some companies don't. They want to make sure they test those cold sat scores to make sure that they're equivalent or what they need to be to make sure that, number one, it gets up and gets out of the ground. Because as what we're seeing more and more of, more acres are being farmed. Uh, a lot of guys aren't maybe looking at what their four inch soil temperature is before they go out. They're not waiting for ideal conditions. They have to push the issue uh, to get it into the ground to make sure that they have a crop out there because there's a lot of acres that are a lot of farmers are covering right now. If they could have one field to make it ideal, that's all they were gonna farm. Yes, they would get it right every time, but there, there's no exact science to it. It's a, a gut feel when you should go. And uh, what a lot of companies are doing now is making sure that we're testing all of the hybrids we can to make sure those germination scores are good, cold sat scores are good, but also looking at the seed treatment and, and what we can have there to make sure that we get it up out of the ground because also there's insect pressure too as well. And I'm sure Mark can dive into that. Well, before we dive into insect pressure, uh, BJ just gave me like 40 different reasons why the seed's going to fail. I have a hard time thinking that that's just the farmer guy, the farmer guy out here. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that Kelly's being hard on his peers. Uh, Mark, he just gave me a whole bunch of reasons. So every year, you know, a lot of, you know, the, back to the comment where people talk about the differences between seeds. So not only do we have genetic differences, which can lead to a lot of differences in germination ability, how it does in cold soils, how it yields, et cetera. But each year seed production is a little different and each seed lot's different. So really you may have, uh, in some cases, the rounds have a better germination than the flats just based on how that environment during the seed production field went. So one of the things we do um, with our customers is for some of those farmers who tend to plant into tougher conditions, if they're planting earlier, if you make that a priority and talk with your seedsman, we can help you choose the best seed lot and the most premium seed treatment in order to help you where you're at. Uh, for example, in Texas, we do a higher insect rate seed treatment because there it's hot down there. They're not so worried about funguses or more worried about bugs mm -hmm. later on. Whereas in the upper Midwest, we want a high rate of uh, the fungicide plus uh, even a nutritional, which helps replenish that seedling and helps it get going a little bit quicker in the spring. 
Hey, Kelly, these guys are saying this not operator error. Uh, we spend so much time on our extreme ag stuff talking about infro, uh, what's going in furrow, yeah. what's going in two by two, how your planter is set up, uh, making sure that it's consistent that between soft soils and hard soils and on top of knobs and the low areas, you're still getting it consistently seeded, what, an inch and a half? Is that what I'm looking for? Two inches? Two inches? I'm more like two and a half, but yes. Okay, two inches, two inches. So that's all planter setup and stuff going at time of planting. These guys outlined a bunch of stuff other than soil conditions. That's none of what you just, that you and I think is uh, operator controlled. They're, well, I think they're full of it, Damien. I got to tell you. <laughs> I, I told you number one is the weather and 1A or number two is the farmer. Let me give you an example here. And BJ was there. 2021, we're chasing Francis. We had his variety 6061 planted. At a population of 36,000, we had a 35,000 stand. I knew I needed 950 kernels per stalk to be at 445. Remember Mr. Child's records, 442. 80% of the stalks had, had two ears. Remember, BJ? 80% yep. of the stalks had two ears. We had an average of 964 kernels per stalk. I was quietly very excited because I had produced enough kernels to break the record, but we had a long way to go to get there. Then the corn made 301. And we're like, well, it got hot. What happened? Looking, Evans and I looking back, we think we applied the wrong products. We ramped up the energy or the, we ramped up the hunger of the plant and we didn't have the nutrition supplied ahead of that to, to, to fill that hunger. And we screwed it up. 100% okay. my fault. All right. So now, but wait, the average guy's going to say, going to roll his eyes and say, well, by God, you braid 300 bushel corn. That's a success. 300 bushel corn relative to other corn, that's a success. 300 bushel corn relative to my expectations and what we had in that field until I screwed it up is not a success. So let's make sure we understand the perspective that we're talking about. Okay, yes, because I think anybody is going to say, for God's sakes, 301 bushels, you're calling that a failure. No, it's not a failure. It's just that you were, that was a that was a field where you were trying to ring the bell. All right, so here's the thing. Let's talk about when it fails, which clearly that did not fail, but it was just a, a it was a, certainly a de deficit from what you anticipated. And what well, you, it sure felt like a failure to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, don't you hate that, BJ? And you've known yeah. him since you were... Here's the thing. Do you remember that, like, Sherry Stinson? Like, oh, she was the teacher's pet. And then, oh, she'd take a test, and then be like, oh, my God, I totally flunked. You missed one question. Some of us really did flunk, all right? Some of us really did flunk it. You know, oh, I totally flunked. You missed one question, and now you're pulling on... Nobody likes that person. You know what? Okay, Kelly and I, full disclosure, went to school together, okay? He was always the A student. I was lucky to get a D, okay? I'm, I'm not, not, not lying to you there, right? Same thing. He's Good that guy. Came He's that guy. All right, so answer me this. Uh, when, it, when it fails, which that's not a failure, when it fails, what do you do? Okay, the old thing is call up the seed company. Hey, Mark, come out here uh, and write me a check. It's your fault. What do you do when there's a... Somewhere between a letdown like Kelly experienced or a full blown this is a this is a this is a a you know what show. What do you do, Mark? Yeah, and, and uh, no one has ever called me complaining about a three hundred and one bushel field of corn yet. Just for the record, but uh, <laughs> uh, hey, by but, the way, the, first off, can you salvage it? 
um, you go out there and it's uh, first of June, and it's like, oh my God, we got like a sixty-five percent oh. stand of what was supposed to come up. Do I do I just plow it up? Do I call the insurance man and say I'm gonna go out here and just uh, you know seed this to grass for the rest of the year? What do I do? Yeah, when you get that those situations where you're getting onto the first of June, those are situate. You know, you got to evaluate sixty-five percent stands not gonna gonna cut it. And uh, if you haven't laid down a uh, uh, a pre-emerge yet, you've got a chance to rotate the beans where you have a little bit more of a uh, uh, full yield potential and stuff like that. So that's that's definitely definitely when you evaluate stand. Except uh, that it, you're already you're already out what a good hundred and twenty dollars an acre of seed, and then another sixty dollars an acre of uh, ancillary inputs. Kelly, are we at, are we at two hundred bucks? Yeah. Of Yes, yes, you are. You're about a couple hundred bucks. But I would tell you that I believe that you can save it to a degree. Uh, another experience this last year, the corn and beans we planted in the first week of the year, when the wind blew and it was cold, we had a lot of stand problems. And and then we go forward and, that, you know, well, on our beans, we had 1,800 acres of beans. The first 600 acres made 55. The second 1,200 acres made 82. That'll tell you the weather problems that we had there. We had a lot of our corn overall made 200 bushel. The corn planted that first week made 170, mm -hmm. except for one field. And I, you know, we're on here for an Integra, like not trying to plug other products, but the source program that we used, we put source on one of those early planted fields because we thought it was going to be a dog and we wanted to see what we could do with what, what source could do. The corn made 190. Now, that's not a total side by side and total incredible good data. But all the other corn planted that first week weighed 170. This field made 190. Still didn't make 200 our overall average, but I would tell you we did save it. And I think that's one mistake that growers make when you have a problem halfway through the season. As Lee says, keep rounding the bases. When we stop rounding the bases, we turn a dog into a real loser. Yeah, let's, by the way, I don't think we're not even halfway. We're not even halfway in the season. In your example, I said first of June, which of course that's northwest Iowa, yeah. which June first would be a very different situation for Chad Henderson down in North Alabama. Right. But the point we're gonna make here is just because there's a slight failure and it may not be the seed, it could be a bunch of things. It could be seed, operator error, season, blah, 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 blah. When it's a a partial failure, you've already got two hundred and Sunk yeah. cost is sunk cost and should never be a part of long-term decision-making. I remember that from my economics background. That's however, exactly what I'm talking about. However, if you're in it for a lot and you say, well, uh, that's sunk cost, but you're also talking about a bunch of new costs. Oh, well, the mm -hmm. seed company's going to give me seed for replant. Well, there's still time, diesel, manpower, uh, wear and tear right. on equipment, uh, potential right. compaction, losing season, losing time on the season. Losing days. And and also the other inputs. If you replant, you still got to yep. put other stuff in the inputs, right? Right. So right. there's still another hundred bucks of that. So when when do you? What's your decision on when to pull the plug on a on a failure? It's June first, and you look out there, Mark. You said you said switch over to soybeans. Kelly says nope. I'm gonna stay with it. On June first, I can't. I, on June first, I've already got the the spray. You know, I'm gonna spray right behind the planter. So that's not an option. It's so got to be a real real dog for me to switch so you're going to try to you're going to try and stick with it and salvage and then yep. how, how much of a turd until it's unsalvageable 50 percent of uh stand yes under 50 percent, you don't try and salvage it under 50 percent, i would salvage over 50 percent, 
I and that that's some of the decisions we made this very year. Great time to have this conversation after the tough spring we had last week with the wind blowing and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> when seed fails, BJ, you're the higher up. You come out there with a checkbook and just start writing people checks. No, not exactly. Uh, I think that's what everybody dreams of. Uh, of of an exec walking out there with a checkbook and right. No, you, you have to evaluate all of the situations where it's at. It, is it planter failure? You know, what was it, you know, what was particularly going on with that seed? I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. It is a living, breathing object. There is human error that interacts with what's happening here. Uh, but when you look at it, number one, that farmer needs to get a crop in the ground. Uh, and, and I'm with Kelly, you can't give up on it. Uh, you, you have to see it all the way through. Uh, you know, it, it's going to look bad before it gets better. Uh, but man, there, there are certain mistakes you can't make at the beginning of the season that could cost you dearly. Hey, uh, we're, we're probably uh, about expiring on this topic, but uh, why it fails, we still got a, a bunch of different reasons. When it fails, now you're giving me different options. Thing is, I'm out here listening to this. I'm still not sure I know what to do. Uh, <laughs> what, what's well, my big takeaway, Mark? Let's face it. You're the one that gets the call. BJ doesn't take the call. You're the one that takes the call. When it fails, why it fails, what am I supposed to do? What am I, if I'm the operator, what am I supposed to know? What am I supposed to do? Yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, the the million dollar question. But generally, uh, if it's early in the season and it's a replant situation, I've always stuck pretty close to just the general charts from the universities. And uh, I know, uh, you know, there there's some farmers that can salvage a fifty percent stand of corn, but uh, most of the time, if you under standard management practices, if it's June first or something like that, an eighty percent stand of corn is about what you need, or else you need to go ahead and replant and start from scratch because uh, obviously it's a, a decision made by the individual operators and then also uh, you got to take into effect the hybrid you have is it something that needs high population or is it a flex hybrid or is it a droughtier soil or are we in a high productive soil where we need 36 38,000 plants per acre so that's that's really where it comes into and it's it's usually a pretty collaborative effort if we get out there and we really uh, talk with the grower and and we talk over all the options generally that that answer comes out really clear and we're able to make a decision together that that works for all of us mark it sounds like everything you just said kelly disagrees with and that's okay sometimes this gets a little contentious over here i mean you guys remember the maury povich show where the hillbillies would fight on the stage over whether it's your who's the baby daddy that's kind of what happens here on this program you're disagreeing kelly Every hybrid flexes. Some of it just isn't always visual to the eye. You can pack more weight and pack into a bigger kernel. And with, I always try to raise a half a pound of grain per stock and 22,500 plants per acre is 201 bushel at a half a pound. Now I would like it to be an even stand. And so if there's a partial stand out there, it's going to be an even stand in between. It isn't like you want a bunch of doubles or anything, but at a 22,500 uh, count population, I expect 201 bushel corn. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that when we're talking about having a problem. Every, every variety flexes and you got to keep going at it. 
listen, this is the, these guys aren't telling you the other side of the coin. Here's my belief. When the corn is really good, the seed corn gets too much credit. And BJ's never going to tell you that he doesn't want that credit. But when the corn is bad, the corn takes too much blame. And these guys can never tell the farmer that it's their fault because it's their customer. But the farmer needs to take, the farmer needs to understand what's really going on here so they can get better. The I corn think, gets too much credit when it's good and too much blame when it's bad. I think we're going to leave it right there because uh, clearly you and Mark are never going to agree. Hey, uh, uh, by the way, Mark, thanks for uh, for being on here and, and being, well, the, you know, being the uh, the target of his ire. Um, sorry, Mark. He's getting yeah. fancy. It's late spring. He's getting that way. Hey, BJ, thanks for being yeah. on here. The company is Integra Seed. Uh, Matt Miles and Kelly Garrett use the stuff, and they uh, sometimes post about it. So you guys come back on maybe mid-late season. I'd like to revisit this very topic and talk about what's happening. And I would like it if we went and looked at a field that was uh, not – one of the dream fields, you know, that's where I think we really, that's where I think we really see this stuff. And I think Kelly's got a good point there. So in case you missed it, I'm going to wrap up Kelly's point. When the, when the crop looks really good, we give undue credit to the, to the seed. When it looks really bad, we give undue criticism to the seed. And sometimes the answer is actually back on the conditions and the plan and the, and the operator. And BJ's nodding his head. See, you guys agree, but that other guy. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the discussion is why seed fails and when it fails. Uh, Mark uh, Minky and BJ Schaubin with Integra, Kelly Garrett, founder of Extreme Ag. Till next time, I'm Damian Mason. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to another edition of Cutting the Curve. For more insights and information that you can apply to your farming operation, visit extremeag.farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products designed to reduce crop stress and improve yields. Check out agexplore.com and start protecting your yields and profits.